Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, this time we're going to take a look at veteran players under contract who could be in different uniforms next season. Either guys who are on the chopping block could be released. And also take a look at a couple of guys that could be traded. Um, We've already seen the uh, releases take place once the new league year started after, uh, not the new league, the waiver period started. New league year starts on March 15th. Once the waiver period started after the uh, um, Super Bowl was played. First guy that was released that everyone knew, no, wasn't a secret, was Derek Carr, the Raiders. Card signed... An extension in last year, last offseason, averaging nearly $40.5 million per year. But after he got benched late in the season, it became very apparent that he was not going to be on the roster uh, by the third day of the waiver period, which was February 15th. They, they released him on February 14th, and that's because he had... $40.4 million of salary. There was injury guaranteed. It was becoming fully guaranteed. That was his 2023 base salary and $7.5 million of his $41.9 million 2024 base salary. He's been released. He had a $34.875 million cap number. So the Raiders picked up $29.25 million of cap space and have $5.675 million of dead money. Now, um, Tennessee Titans had some work to do. Um, to get compliant with the cap, you have to. You got time. Um, March fifteenth, twelve. Uh, I should say three fifty-nine p.m. and fifty-nine seconds Eastern time is when the twenty twenty uh, two league year ends. And once the twenty twenty three league year starts at four p.m. Eastern time, you have to be compliant with the cap. Um, according to FLPA data. The Titans were heading into this week twenty-two million thirty-one thousand seven hundred sixty-three dollars over the over the two hundred twenty-four point eight million twenty twenty-three salary cap. They got rid of four guys in one foul swoop this week. Um, Taylor Wan picked up fourteen point eight four one million in cap space. Robert Woods picked up twelve million twenty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars of cap space. Zach Cunningham picked up $8,926,471 of cap space. And Randy Bullock, the kicker, um, picked up $2,072,353 of cap space. So, Taylor Wan, offensive tackle. Robert Woods, wide receiver, gone. Zach Cunningham, linebacker, gone, and kicker. So, collectively, those four guys, that's $37,863,157 of cap space. Now... Um, top 51 counts in the offseason. So you've got four more guys coming in uh, to take their place on the top 51. So now Tennessee has $12,831,394 of cap space. And there could be more cuts. Uh, Bud Dupree um, 
might be on the chopping block. Um, he's got a $20.2 million cap hit. Supposed to make $17 million. $1.25 million of his base salary is guaranteed. He's been there two years, and injuries have kept him off the field. He's played 17 games, only had 17 sacks. Not really what you're expecting when you sign a guy to a five-year contract averaging $16 million per year. So he's basically made about $34 million in the two years. He's been there, but if they cut him, um, they're going to pick up uh, $9.35 million in cap space. We'll have $10.85 million of dead money. Then the big one is what are they going to do with Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill's in the last year of his contract, $36.6 million cap hit. If they are going full bore, we're just going to pull the plug on everything and start over. You'll pick up $17.8 million from releasing him or trading Tannehill <clears throat> and have $18.8 million of dead money. Now, the uh, Rams um, on Thursday made an interesting announcement that... Um, they are parting ways with Bobby Wagner, a mutual agreement with him, the uh, nine-time All-Pro linebacker, who was their, one of the lone bright spots this year, played nearly every snap this year. 140 tackles, 10 tackles for losses, two interceptions, career-high six sacks, proved to 32. There's still gas left in the tank. But um, he's going to be gone on March 15th. It turns out he signed a five-year, $50 million contract worth up to $65 million. It's going to end up being a one-year deal for base value of 10. He earned $500,000 of incentives. Um, so basically made $10.5 million for the one year. He's got a 12-5 cap number. Supposed to make $11 million in cash. The one thing he did do, which was great, he's got a fifth day of the league year roster bonus for 2023. There's no offset with that roster bonus. So fully, because fully guaranteed it was five days after signing last year. Came fully guaranteed. No offset. That means that's his free and clear. So that's part of the part of the $10 million that he's made for the one year of the Rams. So basically, they can't wherever he signs next, they can't recoup it, which he would have an offset. So they're going to save $5 million cutting him conventionally, and that's going to be $7.5 million of dead money. Uh, now, Seattle sure could have used him last year, so we'll see if he still holds any ill will or hard feelings in the way that Seattle released him where he didn't get a heads up or if that's all water under the bridge and maybe there's a reunion. Who knows? But um, another potential move they're going to make sheds light on why they would be willing to part ways with Wagner. Maybe this is why it's mutually agreed upon because they kind of clued Wagner in on some plans maybe. <laughs> He's like, I didn't sign up for this. But Jalen Ramsey's on the trading block. Um Jalen Ramsey, um, he was considered a shutdown corner in the NFL. Three years left on his contract, $55 million. $25.2 million cap hit, supposed to make uh, $17 million. If they trade him before June 2nd, $19.6 million in dead money. They saved $5.6 million. They were a 5-12 team last year. So I assume they're going to want at least a first-round pick for Ramsey. They gave up more than two, two first-round picks to acquire him. Last time, the Rams had a first-round pick was in 2016 when they took Jarrett Goff. Other than that, they've been going with the F-them-picks approach to roster building where they don't have premium picks. They do have their full complement of picks in most years, but they're usually a lot of day three picks. But uh, that, may have, that may be part of the reason that 
Wagner and the Rams mutually agreed to part ways. Now, we're going to get to the uh, biggest story in terms of players who could be switching teams now. And that's Aaron Rodgers, who has emerged from his darkness retreat. So I assume in the next few days, he's going to let us know what his plans are. He's been saying that all options are on the table, which means he may want to play, continue playing for the Packers, ask for a trade, or retire. Um, I've never thought he would retire. He's a little bit different guy, but most people, if they have $59.465 million fully guaranteed money, even if they really don't want to play football, they're probably going to find a way to make it work for a year. Now, there's another reason. I don't think he's retiring. He surprised us last year when conventional wisdom was he's going to ask for a trade and he decides to sign an extension, a new deal um, with the Packers. If, and this assumes that everything stays the way it is, right now, Aaron Rodgers, if he retired, first ballot Hall of Famer. Does he really want to go in the same Hall of Fame class as Tom Brady, who has recently retired? Hopefully, it seems like this retirement may stick. We'll see. Let's say it does. They both retire. He's overshadowed by Tom Brady. It's going to be the Tom Brady show. Aaron Rodgers is the afterthought. Now, the question is, Aaron Rodgers is going to try to force his way out of Green Bay. He's got a $31,623,570 cap number. Supposed to make $59.515 million this year. I would assume any team that would want to acquire Aaron Rodgers would want him there as soon as possible to learn the offense, which means it'd be a trade um, before the draft, and you would think that the Packers may want 2023 draft compensation. The only way to do that is you trade him before the draft. Now, the problem is the way his contract is structured, and I've never seen one like this, the, no, the longer he plays, the more dead money there is, and typically dead money goes down <laughs> over time. Green Bay between existing proration and the proration from his fully guaranteed roster bonus last year would have $40,313,570 of dead money by trading him before June 2nd. Now, that means they would add $8.69 million to the cap from what it currently is now um, with Rodgers by getting him off the books this year, not having anything in 2024, any type of cap charge. Now, if they waited till after June 1 to trade him, then it works out much better for them. That their dead money is $15,833,570 this year. And they'd save $15.79 million on the cap uh, this year. And they'd have $24.48 million of dead money in 2024 uh, by doing it. Now, uh, this contract is structured in a way that you typically don't see. It's got two option bonuses um, where there's a $58.3 million payment, um, which is required to exercise an option for his 2025 contract year, which is going to drop his base salary to $1.165 million. The window to exercise the option, first day of the league year, through Green Bay's first regular season game or the first regular season game of whatever team acquires him. So they're not going to pick up the option um, before if they before trading him. If you do that, 
then you're going to add 59.465 million to the dead money and bring the total to 99,778,570. You're not going to do that. So, option doesn't get exercised. New team would assume that, and even they would exercise the option um, in the case they traded for him. And then if they did, they have under contract through realistically 2023 and 2024. Their 2025 and 2026 years, which are substantially, artificially low salary, so you wouldn't play under under them, they would have to uh, be reworked. There's a second option, <laughs> which works the same way as this one does in 2024 as well. But the new team, whoever acquired them, the Jets or whatever team, would have a $16.79 million cap hit for Rodgers in 2023. Then its cap number in 2024 would be $32,541,666. Then the 2025 and 2026 cap numbers, years he may or may not play. You may not play 2024 if you traded for him. You'd need a commitment. Would be $51,141,166. And 2026, $45,291,668. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, sticking with quarterbacks, you got Carson Wentz, who will be gone uh, from the Commanders. Uh, They basically gave up 2022 and 2023 third-round picks to rent him for a year. Didn't work out. He got hurt. Only played eight games. The injury, and wasn't playing that well, and was healthy. The best thing that the Commanders did with him is they didn't touch his contract. They left it alone. No dead money because they... Didn't touch it. They're going to pick up $26,171,471 of cap money. That's his compensation for 2023 by releasing him. No dead money. That's the cap savings. Um, This is going to be Wentz on his way to his fourth team in as many years. Now, the Colts did not do that when they acquired Matt Ryan from the Falcons. Now, this is a team which... um, Ever since Andrew Luck abruptly retired, haven't had quarterback stability. Had Joby Brissett one year, Phillip Rivers one year, Carson Wentz one year, Matt Ryan one year. They gave up a 2022 third-round pick to get Ryan, and when they traded for the 37-year-old, they thought that he was going to be the quarterback for 2023 as well. So... They did a salary conversion to create some cap space. That's six million dollars of cap space in 2022 by converting 12 million of his base salary into signing bonus. Now they also reworked the 2023 contract. 12 million of his 2023 base salary, which had been 21 million seven hundred five thousand eight hundred eighty-two dollars, is fully guaranteed. They lowered his base to 19 million two hundred five thousand. 
because they added 2.5 million to his existing third day of the league year roster bonus, which is due this March 17th. So that goes from 7.5 million to 10, where it's guaranteed for injury. Now, the remaining 7 million. $205,882 of Ryan's 2023 dead uh, base salary is guaranteed for injury and also becomes fully guaranteed on March 17th. So he's not going to be on the roster March 17th unless he's going to agree to some massive pay cut and get rid of the guarantees. So his cap number, $35,205,882. He's supposed to make $29,205,882. Had they left everything alone, they could have walked away free and clear just like the Commanders. But now, they're going to have $18 million in dead money because they got a $12 million base sal- salary guarantee and they've got $6 million in um, bonus proration um, to deal with. They're going to save $17,205,882 by releasing him. Um, should Ryan continue to play football, which I don't know if he is or not, that $12 million Salary guarantee as an offset, which is not like Wagner, so they get to recoup money from whatever he signs for a new team. They get to recoup it from that team. So if he could find, let's say, Matt Ryan goes someplace else and signs a one-year deal for $12 million. That's lessens the dead, dead money by $12 million. So If it's $6 million, lessens the dead money by $6 million. If he signed for $15 million, they used to get the $12 million credit. He gets the $3 million in addition to the twelve million. But I suspect that Matt Ryan is done and that's gonna be the last that we see of him playing football. Now, we're gonna stick with quarterbacks for a second before we go to other players. Jameis Winston is not gonna be back with the Saints as their starting quarterback. Uh he had a back injury which got Andy Dalton into the starting lineup after the third game of the regular season. Once Winston was healthy enough to play um, Dalton remained there. The Saints were the one team that was interested in trading for Derek Carr. Dennis Allen was his first head coach with the Raiders, who is now the Saints head coach. So that could be an option for Derek Carr. Uh, Jameis Winston has a $15.6 million cap number, supposed to make $12.8 million. It's going to be $11.2 million in dead money, and they're going to save uh, $4.4 million on the cap. Now, Saints probably need to find some sort of answer at quarterback because they've been kind of flailing ever since uh, Drew Brees retired. He's going to be, Winston's going to be gone by the third day of the league year because $5.8 million of his $12.8 million base salary, which was guaranteed for injury signing, is fully guaranteed third day of the league year, so they're not going to let the $5.8 million um, guarantee vest. Okay, next up is moving to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll start with uh, running back Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Elliott's been trending in the wrong direction statistically ever since uh, he had that holdout um, before the start of the 2019 regular season. It was last of the whole preseason. He got his six-year $90 million contract extension, um, averaging $15 million per year. Had slightly over $50 million in guarantees, which is still a record um, for running back contracts, and had slightly over $28 million fully guaranteed. Now, 
2022 is the worst season of Elliott's seven-year career. 876 rushing yards, where he averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Career lows, 231 rushing attempts, also a career low. Used to be great out of the backfield. 17 passes caught for 92 yards, also a career worst. He knows that he's not going to be on his current contract anymore if he's going to be a Cowboy. He's supposed to make um, $10.9 million. Cap number is $16.2 million. He's open to pay, taking a pay cut. Cowboys have said they want him back, provided it makes financial sense. They've had one of the best running back tandems in the NFL with um, Elliott and Tony Pollard, who went to the Pro Bowl this year, was a 1,000-yard back, had that ankle injury in their playoff loss, and will be a free agent. He's probably going to get franchised for $10.091 million. Question is, is there an amount for a pay cut that won't offend Ezekiel Elliott that the Cowboys would be comfortable paying? That's the trick. Now, also, there aren't a whole lot of backs in Ezekiel Elliott's uh, category who would be pay cut candidates. If you take, if you're looking at high-priced running backs who've taken a pay cut, the only one in recent years has been David Johnson, and that was after he was he was traded to the Texans after he's played one year. In year two, he took a pay cut. He signed a three-year, thirty-nine million dollar extension with the Cardinals in 2019. I mean, 2018, and then in 2019, um, he fell out of favor with the team. Um, Houston was supposed to resurrect his career, didn't. And they ended up asking him to take a pay cut. Uh, he was uh, took a 55% decrease in salary. If you do something like... The, the thing is, any pay cut that you do for Ezekiel Elliott, you would think is at a minimum going to have to provide them more cap relief than if they just cut him outright. Now, there are two ways they can cut him. They can cut him conventionally. And if they did that, there's going to be $11.86 million of dead money. They're going to save $4.86 million on the cap. Or they can use a post-June 1 designation. Once the league year starts, each team has two post-June 1 designations they can use where they cut a guy um, before June 2nd. And they get to treat him like they cut him after June 1st. They're going to carry the player's full cap number until June 2nd. And then at that time, any bonus proration in the future years does not accelerate into the current year's cap like it normally would. It becomes a cap charge the following league year, which would be 2024 in the case of anyone this year. So um, this way, they don't have five for posting one designation. They don't have $5.82 million of dead money and $10.9 million cap savings um, this year. But then they're going to have 2024 uh, dead money um, with Ezekiel Elliott Um, just because all the bonus proration in those years does not hit the cap. Um, If you do it that way, it would be $5.82 million in 2023 and $6.04 million in 2024. So um, if you cut Elliott's salary down by 55%, that would be taking a pay cut to the same $5 million 
as the same five million as Johnson made. So you get five point nine million dollars of cap relief, which is more than you'd save with the conventional cut. But is that enough for Dallas? Would that offend Elliot? What Elliot's agent needs to do when he's at the combine um, next week, and agents set up meetings about players that are going to be offending free agents, and it's tampering. You'll bring up someone like this who is under contract, has a pay cut, is tampering, get the lay of the land, see what someone else might pay him, and then make a more informed decision that way. I just cut ties with Elliot, pull the rip the band-aid off, and I try to bring him back because it's been a case of diminishing returns ever since he signed that contract. But um, we'll see where that goes. There's another Dallas Cowboy who might be on the chopping block as well. Tyron Smith, left tackle, did this year only played four games towards hamstring in the preseason, and he's perpetually injured. He's played 17 games over the last three years. He's never hadn't played every game in the season since 2015. They got Tyler Smith, who they drafted, can play left tackle. Terrence Steele on the right side. They'd have to shift somebody inside or maybe do what they did this year, put Tyron Smith on the right side, which he hadn't played since his rookie year. Um, to make things work, but he's got a $17.605 million cap number, supposed to make $13.6 million. Um, you'd save uh, $9.595 million by releasing him and have $8.01 million in dead money. So um, he could find himself on the uh, chopping block um, as well. Um, that's uh, two Cowboys that could be gone. Michael Thomas, let's move to some wide receivers now. Michael Thomas is going to be gone. Um, his to- his contract got reworked right before the end of 2022 regular season, specifically so they can release him with a post-June 1 designation once the league year starts on March 15th. Now, in reworking his contract, they chopped his base salary down to his minimum. They stuck in a fifth day of the 2024 league year roster bonus that is completely unsecured of 31.775 million on the third day of the 2023 league year that becomes fully guaranteed he's going to be gone before the third day of the league year now he's got a cap number from the reworked deal of 13,646,823 dollars his total compensation is 2.065 million this year Digging a half. The only way this works is by using the post U1 designation. If you don't, <laughs> you add to the cap. So he's definitely a post U1 designation release. You're only going to save one million five hundred, one million six hundred fifty-three thousand two hundred thirty-five dollars, and you're going to have eleven million nine hundred ninety-three thousand five hundred eighty-eight dollars in dead money. With the post June 1 designation. The reason Michael Thomas is going to be gone, he's like Tyron Smith, never on the field. He's played 10 games in the last three seasons because of foot and ankle injuries. Now, Kenny Galladay is going to be gone as well. One of the biggest signing mistakes we've seen in recent history. Two years ago, the Giants gave him a four year, $72 million contract worth up to $76 million with incentives, $40 million of overall guarantees. The slate was wiped clean under new head coach Brian Dayball, but it went from bad to worse. He caught 20, 37 passes for 521 yards, right? A touchdown in 14 games in 2021. You're thinking he can't do any worse than this, 
but he quickly got in the doghouse. He was only on the field for 23% of the Giants' offensive snaps, even though they probably had the weakest receiving core in the NFL. Caught six passes for 81 yards and one touchdown in 12 games. He's got a $21.4 million cap number, supposed to make $18 million. $4.5 million of that is a roster bonus, 2023 roster bonus. That's already been guaranteed. It was guaranteed last year. So they're going to have $14 million in dead money, and they're going to pick up $6.7 million on the cap by getting rid of Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, I'm surprised that didn't happen already. Now, let's talk about a couple of wide receivers that could be traded. One is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's got the second biggest cap hit for a wide receiver at $30.75 million. They've restructured his contract a couple of times. Kyler Murray, their franchise quarterback, tore his right ACL in the middle of the season. He's probably going to miss a part of the 2023 regular season, recovering. And this is a Cardinals team that is much closer to a rebuild than being a contender. Now, do you really want need? He's more of a luxury than there is the necessity in the circumstances. You traded for Kyler Murray's buddy from college, Marquise Brown who's going into an option here, so you're going to presumably pay him. You got Hopkins under contract for two more years for $34.365 million, $19.45 million this year. Do you really want to keep that around? Uh, supposedly several teams inquired about Hopkins' availability before last year's trading deadline. They didn't move him. But you're going to have $22.6 million of dead money if you move him before June 2nd. But you'll save $8.15 million on the cap. Now, the interesting thing is, in the deal Hopkins negotiated when he got to Arizona, he had a no-trade clause. Well, that voided when he was suspended for the first six games of the 22 regular season for violating the league's performance-enhancing substance policy. But we'll see if DeAndre Hopkins gets traded somewhere. To me, it makes a lot of sense. Now, there's another wide receiver who wants to change the scenery, and that's Brandon Cooks. Um... He wanted out at the training deadline last year and was was vocal in expressing his displeasure that he's still around. And Houston doesn't want to go through a rebuild. And they have the number two pick in the draft for a reason. Signed a two-year extension, worth nearly $20 million per year, where $18 million of his 23 base salary is fully guaranteed. So that's why he's not getting cut. He's a trade guy. If he's gone, he's a trade guy. Um, cap number $26,333,333. Total compensation this year, $18.5 million. Dead money would be $15,666,667. And the Texans would save $10,666,666 on the cap by trading Brandon Cooks. Now, let's move to the defensive side of the ball for a couple of guys. Well, first, let's take one more, one more offensive guy, Joe Mixon. Now, Joe Mixon, the only reason he's on this list to me is what happened in the AFC Championship game raised some eyeball, uh, eyebrows for me. That he was only on the field for 23 of Cincinnati's offensive snaps. His backup, Samazi Pirine, took 43% of them. He's coming off of a season where he went from 1,205 rushing yards in 2021 to 814 in 2022. He's got a $12,791,116 cap number. Supposed to make $10.1 million. 
you got um, cap savings of $7,291,116 if you cut him, and you have dead money of $5.5 million. So Joe Mixon might be gone. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball for a couple of guys. We'll go back to that. Frank Clark, last year I thought he was gone, but he agreed to take a pay cut. He was going to make $19.5 million in 2022, dropped his base pay to $6.75 million, where he could make some of it back an additional $7 million in, in incentives. Um, he had five sacks this year, two and a half in the postseason. He always performs better in the postseason than the regular season. Did not touch his 2023 salary when he took the pay cut last year. Do you give him another chance for a pay cut, or do you just pull the plug? It's a question. He's got a $28.675 million cap hit, supposed to make $21 million. Um, there would be $7.675 million in dead money where you'd save $21 million on the cap by just pulling the plug this time around on Frank Clark as opposed to offering him a chance to stick around for pay cut. Now, last guy we're going to talk about is Byron Jones. Now, he was signed in 2020 free agency and given made the highest paid cornerback in the league you know, for briefly. Five-year, $82.5 million, $82. million contract. Dolphins have not gotten their money's worth out of that, out of that deal. Jones missed the entire 2022 season with ankle-slash-Achilles surgery. Happened last March. No one thought at the time he was going to miss the entire season. He's got an $18.351 million cap hit. It's supposed to make $14.1 million. Um, if you cut him conventionally, $14.804 million in dead money. Your cap savings are $3.547 million. If you use a post-June 1 designation, then you would save in 2023 $13.6 million uh, on the cap for this year. And you have dead money of $4.751 million. But Byron Jones is probably as good as gone as well. Well, That's just to look at um, some of your more notable names. This year that are under contract or have been under contract for 2023 because some of these players have already been released that uh, could be in different uniforms. Um, these are just notable players. You're going to see the cuts coming in between now and March 15th when the new league year starts and when teams have to be compliant uh, with the 2023 cap. So that's going to be it for this week or this time's Inside the Cap. Um, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And you can read my regular CBSSports.com column agent stake as well. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.